Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. When I was 19, I accepted Jesus. And uh, I turned 20 in a couple months, and so now I'm 20. I'm going to a church like this, and I would sit where you're sitting. I don't know anything about the Bible. I'm just learning. And at offering time, I'd hear them say, we're going to receive tithes and offerings. I'd hear that phrase, tithe, and I had no idea what it was. And so weeks go by, and so one day I asked the guy in the church, I said, what's a tithe? And he said, that's when you give 10% of your offering to God or, or of your income. And my draw, jaw dropped, and I said, that's impossible. Nobody can do that. That's crazy. And I walked away shaking my head saying, God, that's not possible, especially in my situation. And let me tell you where my situation was. My brother Tony and I owned the Still Valley Barbell Club. So um, after I accepted Christ, we decided to sell it. So we want to sell our business. Banks were only giving 10 cents on a dollar for a loan. They only loaned 10 cents on a dollar. So anyone that bought it off us, we had all these guys that wanted to buy it. They had to come up with 90% down. Nobody could do it. So we liquidated and we came out with debt. So Tony and I split the debt. So I had, at that time I had a, a business debt I owed and then I had a pretty good payment on my car and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. I didn't know I wanted to go to Bible school. I didn't know anything at that time. So I, I, I got a job at Giant Eagle stocking shells and I was working night shift making minimum wage at Giant Eagle. And so here I am with all these bills, barely making it, and, 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 and I hear about tithing. But I was so interested, something in here wanted to know more. So I found all the scriptures in the Bible on the subject and I just start reading the scriptures. And as I did, like God always does, he started to deal with my heart. My pastor never talked about it. I never heard him say a word. But God began to deal with me as I, heard the, as I read the scriptures. And I had this argument with God and I kept saying, God, you don't understand. You don't know my circumstances. And, and then God uh, would just deal with me. I want, you to, I want you to step out and do it, Joe. And I'm like, God... And at that time, let me tell you, I didn't know there was an Old Testament and a New Testament. I didn't know there was an Old Covenant and a New Covenant. I didn't know that Abraham tithed before the law. I didn't know that Paul tithed after the law. I didn't know anything. God's just dealing with my heart. So finally I said, God, I'm going to just jump in. And I did. And the first couple months, the most amazing thing happened, guys. I still made it. And, and that to me is the biggest miracle. Somehow God was able to sustain me and my money seemed to go further. The 90% seemed to go further than the 100% that I had. And I didn't know it at the time, but God puts his hand of blessing on our life and he just begins to bless us. He multiplies somehow. I don't know how he does it. But then a couple months into it, God did some big things. And I don't know if he always does, but you have to understand, I'm a young kid that just said, God, I'll do what you say. And, and, and all of a sudden... Uh, Someone came up to me and they paid my car loan off. And I'm, I'm not the kind of guy to tell people my problem, so nobody knows my problem. Somebody just said, I want to pay your, your car off. And they paid off. And then a couple months later, someone gave me a car. It wasn't brand new, but they gave me a car. And then someone else came up to me and said, I want to pay your business loan off. And they paid my business loan off. And all that happened just like... And I'm like, whoa, God, I don't know what's happening, but I'm glad I obeyed what you put in my heart. So I want to welcome you to Believers. If you're visiting, this is the first time this year I'm teaching on money, and I'm only teaching one lesson. I want to apologize to everybody in here. I, I could only find one lesson in this series called Seeds. I could only teach one lesson on giving, and some of you are going to be disappointed. You might think I'm joking, but when you're generous, you want to hear what the Bible says about generosity. So I could only get one in. It's the only time this year I'm teaching on this subject, and I'm excited to teach it because I've watched God do these miracles in my life. And with me, God dealt with me to tithe. And for some of you, you're sitting there saying, Pastor Joe, that's 
not possible. And here's what I want you to know. All I'm, what I'm teaching about today is you and I becoming generous towards God. You may start at the tide, you may start below, but it's you and I beginning to become generous because God talks about your finances and when you give to God, he says that's a seed that you're planting. So this is about all kinds of seeds. Remember what Jesus said over in Mark. He said this in Mark 4.26. Jesus also said the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Now last week we read the entire thing and that's in lesson one if you want to listen to it. Today I just want to talk about this. I want to talk about the fact that Jesus said if the farmer gets the seed in the ground, it will supernaturally grow and harvest. The farmer has no idea how it works. And he said, that's how my kingdom works. If you're a Christian, you're now in God's kingdom. And God said we could sow hot heart seeds. We talked about that last week. He says we can sow financial seeds. We'll talk about that today. And next week, or two weeks from now, because we have Michael Francis coming in next week, um, I'm going to talk about what I call action seeds. We're going to have a blast with that. Man, you, you can change the way people treat you by seeds that you plant. But that's lesson three. So today we want to talk about the financial seeds. And the Bible's full of uh, this type of scripture. And it's amazing what God teaches us. So take a look at this picture behind me. If a farmer sees a plowed field like that, here's what he knows. Whatever he wants at harvest time, all he has to do is put the seeds in the ground. So if he wants carrots at harvest time, he'll, he'll plant carrots. If he wants corn, he'll plant corn. Well, God's given you this incredibly plowed field. Uh, one of the fields is in our heart. There's another one or a couple of them that are out here. And you can literally determine what you plant. And God's given you an opportunity to be blessed above your ability in all kinds of areas. So I don't want you and I to walk away from this series thinking uh, what I would call a works mentality, like we have to do something in order for God to love us. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're never generous, God still loves you. He loves you. He, Jesus died for you. God loves you and cares about you. This is all about God giving you an opportunity to be blessed above your ability. So today, here, here's what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. Generosity begets generosity. That, the Bible teaches that. Generosity begets generosity. So the first generosity, that this is what we're going to talk about, this generosity today, is when you and I are generous towards God. There, there's two main ways to be generous towards God, all right? One is to give to your local church. God chose this incredible institution. He created it called the local church. He created it so Christians could connect, so we could win cities for God, so we could grow Christians, so you and I could walk in our purpose. It's an inc incredible thing. God created it. And I remember like, I was like in my fifth year of pastoring. So I've been pastoring 33 years. So this is a while back. I started when I was 24. So I was about 29. And, and I'm pastoring. And once you pastor for a while, people leave your church. And so I'd always call people and, and I'd say, hey, everything okay? Hope you're in another church. And they'd say, I'm not going to another church. I just left church. I, I, why don't you go to church anymore? I don't need it. I can be a good Christian without church. And, and back then, I didn't know what to say. I'd say, no, you need church. And I used to, I, I, I would go to God. I was so frustrated. I'd say, God, Am I doing the right thing? If church isn't of you, then I don't want to waste my time doing it. I mean, I'll just start a business or something. I don't want to do this. And I had to really go to God and say, God, why are Christians saying that they don't have to go to church? God, I don't want to devote myself to something that you don't want. And then later on, years later, God began to open my eyes up to the importance of church. So one way you can be generous to God is by giving to church. Here's the second way. You ready? giving to the poor. Do you know that the Bible, listen, to this, the Bible teaches, this is the most amazing thing in the world. The Bible teaches that when you give to the poor, 
you're making a loan to God and he will repay you. It's actually in the Bible. When you give to the poor, you're loaning to God and he will repay you. How many of us believe if God said, hey, I need 20 bucks and you gave God 20 bucks, how many of you believe God would pay you back? I do, I do, man. God not only will pay you back, he'll give you some interest. And, and so every time we give to the poor, God says, I see that as a loan to me and I will repay you. And many of you have experienced that. And what, we don't give to the poor to get, we don't give to God to get, but the Bible does talk that he will bless us. Why? Because he set up this thing called seeds, seed time and harvest. And when we give, then God's able to bless us and give back to us. So generosity to God begets generosity. And that second generosity, guys, that's about God causing people to show you favor, God opening doors, God allowing you to be promoted. You get the job and somebody else doesn't. It's just God being able to bless you. And sometimes he'll bless you like he did me in that story. I have a story from one of our members of that type of blessing that I'll share with you too. But it's just God beginning to bring generosity back to you through people. It's an amazing, incredible thing. So I'm, I'm preparing this and I, I ask myself, um, because there's so many different types of people here. So many of you are different places spiritually. And so I asked myself, I said, what can I do to really help people understand this? And this came to me. I call it income ceiling. So we're going to talk about income ceiling, all right? Every one of us in this room have an income ceiling. You have an income ceiling. I have an income ceiling. There's five factors that determine your income ceiling. Now, this is without God's help, okay? So let's just imagine God would never help us in any way with our finances. We have an income ceiling, five factors. So let's talk about them. The first one is your giftings and your abilities. Uh, that, that's the first one. And all of us are gifted. We all have different abilities, all right? I'll use myself for an example. There's these three pastors that I listen to all the time. One has a church of 20,000 on a weekend. They have campuses. 20. The other has a church of uh, 40,000 on a weekend. The other has a church, 100,000 people on a weekend in his church. Can you imagine that? And I feed off these guys because I figure, hey, they know something I don't, so I'm going to feed off them. And uh, so I feed off of them. But I, I tell Gina this, and I've told her quite a few times. I said, Gina, those guys are so gifted, they could, they could run Fortune 500 companies. I mean, those pastors are so gifted, they could run Apple, they could run Chipotle, they could run McDonald's, they could run GM. They're super talented guys. And then you know what I say after that? I say, honey, I don't have that ability or talent. These guys are so much more talented than I am. Can we all agree some people have greater talents and abilities than others? That's not bad. I just want to go to the top of my ability. How about you? And then how about let, we can let God help us above that, right? And, and so that's one thing. And then there's education level. Uh, education can bring you to a higher income. And uh, I, I remember with my kids, I told my kids from the time they were little, I said, you're going to go to college, you're going to go to college, you're going to go to college, you're going to go to college. And so Joe went, and then Dave came up, and Michelle and Deanna went. Dave came up. He went one day to school, uh, college. And he came home, and he talked to his mom first, and then he had his mom talk to me to get me, get me ready, right? So she talked to me, just like it happens in the Bible, right? And uh, so Gina talks to me and says, Now, Joe, I, I know you want all your kids to go to college, but I don't think Dave's gifted that way, and he's super gifted in other ways. And she says, he, he, He's going to talk to you, and I just want you to really give some thought to it. I said, All right, I will. And God had already been dealing with my heart, and Dave comes in to talk to me and says, Dad, you know you're paying my college. I told him, if you go to YSU, I'll pay it. Now, I told him, you have to pay for your car, you have to pay for your insurance, your gas, and your clothes. I did your clothes in high school. Now you're doing your own clothes. And uh, I said, so you have to work part-time job, but I'll, I'll help you with that schooling. And Dave comes in and says, Dad, I just want you to know, I'll go to school if you make me, 
but I can tell you I'm going to waste every penny of your money because I'm not even going to listen. And uh, <laughs> so I said, all right, Dave. I said, I said I'm feeling it. I said, I said you just, because Dave's not made for the classroom. He's one of those guys, but he's so gifted and creative. Uh, God's opened these other incredible doors for him, and he'll, he'll probably be the wealthiest one out of all of us. But, but he, he just has these, Bill Gates went to college one year, and he was so bored he dropped out and started Microsoft. He's the richest guy on the planet. Did he do okay? Absolutely. But 99% of us, we need school, guys. We need to go to college, all right? So uh, education level. And then there's work ethic. If you work hard, you're, you're going to do better. Your boss is going to want to give you a raise, and so work ethic uh, has a lot to do with it. You can be really gifted and educated. If you don't have a good work ethic, it's going to bring your income ceiling just a little bit down. And then there's, this is a big one, risk tolerance. Risk tolerance. Some people are super gifted, highly educated, but they, they have a low risk tolerance. That, that means they can't step out on the water and take a risk to start a business. And so their income ceiling may be here, but they could get it up here if they took a risk. And not just any risk, calculated risk. So risk tolerance. Then the, the next one is this, it's environment environment now listen to environment okay environment has to do with where you live that's one of the things Can, so let me ask you a question if all of us were born in a third world country all right and uh, we were raised there and we still live there without God's intervention can we all agree our income ceiling would be much lower than it is here in the United States absolutely environment I have a couple pastor friends who pastor in Texas and not every city is like this in Texas but their cities are here's what they tell me they tell me their members at their church can quit their job at 9 a.m. and find a better one by noon that's crazy that used to be like this it used to be like this here in the 70s when all the steel mills were here that that's crazy how many of us can agree you don't want to do that in Northeast Ohio you want to hold on to that job right you don't want to do that all right it, that's environment. Environment can impact us uh, on, on, on our income ceiling. Without God's help, it, it can impact us. Here, here's another thing that's environment. How many of you are retired in here? Do you remember when you weren't retired and you had a higher stream of income? Now you're on more of a fixed income? Uh, that's environment. That, that determines ceiling. How many of you are students in here? I, I went to Bible school and worked my way through. I didn't have any money the whole time. And uh, uh, so, you know, wherever you're at in life, your income ceiling is going to be determined by environment. But here's what I want you to see today. We can break through our income ceiling by being generous and God begins to bless us above our ability and we have some businessmen in the church they've come up they tell me this themselves they, they, they say before I began to be generous I was dirt poor and then I just began to be generous and then I decided I'll be generous out of my business and these guys are multi-millionaires now and God just blessed them way above their income ceiling because they became what we call generous so let's look at a scripture this is the great apostle Paul wrote nearly three-quarters of the Bible. He's collecting some money. He says this in 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But remember this. If you give little, you will get little. A farmer who plants just a few seeds will only get a small crop. But if he plants much, he will reap much. Now, he's, he's just talking about giving. In chapter 8 of this, he said, Guys, I, I need you to give some money. I have, a, I have a situation I want you to give to. And he said in chapter 8, it's the most beautiful thing, he says, guys, you're excelling in all these areas. And he told him, you're excelling in your goodness, your kindness, your love. He says, I'd like you to excel in the grace of generosity. And he said, you can grow in this just like you grow in anything. And then here he's telling them about the earthly blessings. He says, you know what? If you sow that financial seed, then God 
It's going to be able to bless you. And if you sow little, just like a farmer, if he just put a few seeds in the ground, that would be his harvest. But if he plants the whole field, he'll have a bigger harvest. So he's talking to us about how that will bless us naturally. Here's something that blows my mind. I saw this in my, a couple weeks ago, reading my daily read, Bible reading, and it just stuck out to me. Um, you know when Paul's writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, I think it's verses 17, 18, 19, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, excuse me, um, 17, 18, 19. Uh, he's talking to rich people, and he said three things to rich people. You ready? Here's what he said to rich people. He said, don't trust in your money. Don't trust in your money. That, that's important for all of us not to trust in money, but he said, trust in the living God. And then the second thing he said to them is he said, be more generous. You know what the third thing he, is, he said to wealthy people? We're talking about people that don't have to make a budget, all right? They, they've got all they need, and, and they have lots of money. Uh, the third thing he said to those people is, when you give, you'll lay up treasures in heaven. Isn't that interesting? That just blew, blew up in front of me. And, and I thought, God's telling all of us, and both are true for everybody, but he's telling all of us uh, he can bless us down here because most of us could use an extra blessing in our life, right? So he tells us that. But there's something else he does. Every time we give, do you realize we're laying up treasure for eternity? And we know the saying, you can't take it with you. But you know the Bible teaches you can send it ahead. And the way you do it is by just giving to the work of God. And every time you give to the work of God, God literally lays up treasure in heaven for us. I think that's pretty cool. And this is important. I have to say this because you're sitting there, some of you thinking and wondering about this. Do you know God goes by percentages? That's important. You know, a wealthy person can put a million bucks in, but if he has 100 million, he only put 1% of his income and you understand that so if someone makes five hundred thousand a year and they gave five thousand to god that seems you know like a lot if someone only gave two thousand but what if the person that gave two thousand only makes twenty thousand a year the person that makes twenty thousand a year gave two thousand he gave ten percent guy that makes five hundred thousand and gave five thousand he gave one percent and god lays that treasure up accordingly in heaven by how, how much you give percentage-wise. And Jesus taught us this with the widow's might. Remember the widow's might? He taught us this with her might. And Jesus is standing there at the temple with his disciples. People are putting it in a bucket there. They're putting their money in. These wealthy guys are putting big chunks of money in. And then this little lady comes and she gives a penny and she walks away. Jesus looks at his disciples and said, she gave more than anybody. And they're like, no, she didn't. She gave a penny. And Jesus said, no, she gave all she had. They gave out of, what they gave, they won't even miss. God goes by percentages. I don't know about you, but that makes me happy because we're all on level ground. So when you give, you're laying up treasure in heaven. That's exciting. And then God says, I'll bless you down here. So listen to the, the second verse uh, uh, right after this. It says in verse 8, it says, And God is able to make it up to you by giving you everything you need and more so that there will not only be enough for your own needs, but plenty left over to give joyfully to others. Now, you see what I highlighted. You see how I highlighted in more. So God says, if you give, it releases me to make sure I get it back to you. But I'll give you more back than you give, and I'll bless you in all kinds of ways, and then you'll be able to be a greater blessing in the future. And I stand before you as someone who can say, that's really true. That really works. Now, I didn't read verse 7. I skipped over it, but I do want to say this. Verse 7 deals with attitude, and the attitude we give with, and it talks about God loves it when we give cheerfully. Um, but you know what it says in verse 7 to me? It says to pastors, it says, do, you, do, not, do not in any way try to con people into giving. Don't use emotions. Don't twist arms. So it's talking to me. So guess what? 
the end of this lesson today, I'm not receiving an offering. I'm doing this just to educate you so you can begin to decide what you're going to do and line up with what God's teaching you to do. So I'm not going to try to manipulate anybody, but you do need to hear these incredible scriptures. God says, I'll bless you above what you give. You sow a seed, I'll make sure it gets back into your life. So I want to talk about uh, Isaac, and you can see the scripture in Genesis there that I'm going to talk from. Uh, and the reason I want to talk about Isaac is some of you might be here saying, you don't understand my environment, Pastor Joe. You don't understand the environment I'm in. Uh, you don't understand what my circumstances are. They're worse than yours were when God dealt with you at 20. But, but here's what I want to say to you. Don't forget the God factor. Isaac's an incredible story, guys. Isaac was Abraham's son. Abraham was the one God called out. He became the father of faith, and he's the one that brought all this about Christianity. God talked to him first, and he was, he's our father, the Bible says. He's an amazing guy. And Isaac was a son, and Abraham taught Isaac to tithe, and they were both tithers, and they're being generous to God. And then Isaac, Abraham dies, and there's, there's a famine in the land, which means there was a drought. The drought caused no plants to grow, which means the animals weren't being fed, so animals are dying, and everybody's hurting like crazy. And Isaac thought, I'm going to move. I'm going to go to Egypt because Egypt doesn't have a drought. So he's ready to go to Egypt, and God appears to him, and God says, Isaac, don't go to Egypt. I want you to stay right here. Um, and, and then God said this. It's so, it's so cool. He says, I can bless you here. Then it goes on to say in verse 12, you know what it says in verse 12? Isaac sowed seed. He planted a garden he planted a garden. Now, can you imagine what happened when he did that? Can you imagine his neighbors laughing? Can you imagine plowing the parched soil and how hard that was? But he's planting, he's planting a garden. And when he went to throw those seeds, and all I can imagine is his neighbor saying, you better eat those seeds. Don't you dare put them in the ground. You're going to starve if you don't eat those seeds. And I could see this conversation going on. And Isaac saying, no, God said he'll bless me. I'm, I'm going I'm to sow in the environment I'm in. I'm going to just sow. And, and guess what happened? Verse 12, you know what it says? In that year, Isaac harvested a hundredfold. Can you believe that? God caused his garden to grow without any rain, without any irrigation. And I share that to encourage you and let you know that God can work if you're a student. He can work if you're, um, uh, if you're um, retired. He can work at any level that you're at if you just plant some seed. That's what God does. So then I thought, uh, I thought you know, I need to talk a little bit about church because when i sat in your seat i didn't understand what it cost to run a church i had no idea um and i was even on staff at a church and i had no idea uh, what it cost to run a church and so a lot of times you see all the people here and you realize this is just one of three services and uh you know and you just think they don't need any money and uh, here you know what i have to submit a budget to the board every year so i submit a budget sometimes they change it they say nah we're going to do it this way that way and 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 i submit myself to them for that very purpose and uh, then I have to live in the budget I submit. That's, that, that's crazy, huh? I have to live within it. And I just want to tell you, every single year, we can use more money than we have. And I'm not just talking about 210. We can just, uh, it just takes a lot to run church. So I thought, let me talk about what it costs just for the building. If we were just to turn the lights on and just come here on Sunday and just use the building the way we use it, uh, just so the average person understands, facility repair and maintenance, that's 225000 a year. 19000 a month. You know what that is? That's cleaning the building, fixing things that break, buying all the supplies we need, you know, whatever kind of supplies, cleaning supplies, office supplies, um, bathroom supplies. 
That's 19000 a month just for that. And then utilities, we all know what those are, right? The electric, the gas, the phone, that's $108,000 uh, a year and 9000 a month. Um, then the mortgage, we have a mortgage on this when we built this in the office complex, and that's 252000 a year or 21000 per month. And then the insurance, just to insure the building, uh, is 35000 a year or 3000 a month. That's $52,000 a year. Um, just to turn the lights on, or a month, excuse me, just to turn the lights on. So how many of you are going to pray for Pastor Joe more often? You say, Pastor, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you. I, I don't share that to complain. I just think sometimes people don't understand what it takes to have church and to operate church. And so here's God. God's saying, church is the most important thing. A local church is how I'm going to win cities through local churches. It's so important, and I, I need my people to be generous. So as you're generous, God said this. He said, guess what? If, if you're generous, then I'll, 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 you're sowing a seed, and I'll be more generous to you. And I've watched God be generous when I was young and hardly made anything. I'm watching God be generous now. I watched him be generous when I was raising my kids. When you plant, God's able to bring it back to your life. So I want to end with something Jesus said. Uh, it's Luke 6, 38, and it goes like this. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full. Listen to what Jesus said. Press down, shaken together to make room for more and running over. That means whatever you give, I'll always get you more back. And pour it into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. He's saying the same thing Paul did, the same thing the Bible says. And he gets it to us in so many ways. There's ways we can't even explain. Just favor, just a new job, whatever it is, another income stream. It's amazing what God does. And sometimes he does the big blessings too, which is really cool. But I, I want to read a story to you. This is from Bill Souter. He's a member here. And this actually began when he wasn't a member. And he sent us an email two weeks ago. We asked him if I could share it. He said, yeah, share it, share it in church. And so I'm, I'm sharing it in church. And Bill was here last night. Um, so... Bill was not a member here. His wife was, but his wife brought him over to get in the connect group. And then she told him about 210. We were started that two, couple years ago, two years ago. She said, I want to give to 210. Do you mind if I give to 210? He said, no, you can give to 210. Give out of your money. And, but then he said to her, you know what? I want to throw in out of my money. I'm going to give something out of my money. She goes, you don't go to church here. He said, I still, I like the church. They're helping me. I want to just sow some money in out of my money. And so he, I'm quoting him now. He, he said this, he said, I don't think that I comprehended how much that decision would affect our futures. Our finances have been blessed immeasurably. And then he went on, and I'm just going to highlight the rest, so I'm not quoting him exactly now. But uh, Bill and his wife run marathons. And uh, so he, he said someone just blessed him with two pairs of $100, $150 running shoes. He said that's never happened in his life, but he began to be generous. And he said he's blessed with two pairs of 100 $50 running shoes. And, and then he said he had a Fitbit that broke and it was out of warranty, but the company showed him favor and just gave him a new one. That's, that's pretty cool. He needed to buy four new tires for his car. He didn't pay full price. They, he got this 50% discount on the tires. Can you see how it's little things sometimes where God just starts blessing you in little ways as you're generous? But then he shared a big one uh, and, and, and it was pretty big. He, he, he got a call and he had a $22,000 school loan canceled. They just canceled his debt, which is amazing. And uh, he was blown away by it. And there's just different ways that God blesses us and different things that God does for each and every one of us. So what I want to do is just encourage you 
to seek God and see where he wants you to be with your generosity. And I want to challenge you. And where I want to challenge you is just simply between you and God, wherever your generosity is, I want to challenge you to take it up a step. So if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I throw in once in a while, but I don't give a whole lot. I want to remind you, God loves you no matter what. I love you no matter what. So no condemnation, right? But what would happen if you said, God, next year I'm going to start giving you 3% of my income and I'm going to just, I'm going to begin to sow that seed. I'm going to give that to my local church. I'm telling you, at the end of next year, you will be amazed at what God does in your life. What if you're giving 3% you say, you know what? I'm going to take it up to 5. What if you're giving 5 and say, I'm going to step up to 7. And wherever you're at, you just say, God, I'm going to be more generous. I want to challenge you right now as this year is coming to an end. You're getting ready for next year. I want to challenge you to be more generous. And I want to close with one scripture, and then we're going to pray. And again, I'm not taking an offering. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says this, Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. And do you know that Ecclesiastes chapter 11, do you know that verses 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 are about giving? And notice again, the Bible is using the example of a farmer. And I like this example because what he's saying is this. If you wait for all the stars to align, uh, you'll never be generous. And you just have to start where you're at. So, uh, and I love talking to students because I remember when I was a young guy and I start giving. Um, students, just start giving where you can. Be consistent, be faithful, and be generous. You know, the Bible says God shows himself faithful to the faithful. So just begin to be faithful. And every month say, God, I'm going to put this in. Wherever you're at in your life, uh, you're raising your kids. I remember how expensive that was. Uh, the, the hardest time in our life in every way was when our kids were young. I mean, that, you talk about the most hectic, crazy time. I just want to say to all the young parents, it gets easier. It gets easier, right? Um, but that, that was a lot of work and a lot of effort, and it cost a lot of money. But Gina and I would just kept being generous to God, and we watched God just bless us. Wherever you're at, I just want to encourage you, don't wait for perfect circumstances, because you know what I learned? They never come. They never come. So let's go ahead, bow our heads, close our eyes. Lord, I did my best to teach the Bible, and I know I know, Lord, these are generous people. So, so many of them are generous. Some are new, Lord. They're hearing it for the first time. Some are young, hearing it for the first time. Lord, we know God isn't about money. We know you love us, whether we're generous or not. But boy, we thank you for the law of seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. And Lord, we thank you just as we can grow a crop inside our heart of your word, just as we can grow blessings. Father, as we treat how we, how we treat other people, Lord, just as we can... Lord, be generous. We thank you. Open up our eyes to this truth. I want to give you a God moment right now because I believe God speaks to our hearts. He did to mine my whole life. and Just allow God to speak to your hearts right now concerning your generosity, not only to church, but maybe to the poor and maybe in other places. Father, I thank you that you're the living God. I thank you that this isn't about me. This is about you. And this is about you and whoever's in that seat. And I thank you for dealing with our hearts where we're at in our lives, Lord God. Lord, I thank you that you love us regardless of our generosity. We're so thankful for that, Lord. But Lord, we want to grow. We don't want to stay where we're at. So we ask you to grow us in every area of our life. And heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Before we go... If there's anybody in this room that's not sure of your eternity, 
I want to give you an opportunity to be sure. You know, I heard someone say once, Pastor Joe, the gospel's free. Why do you, why do you teach on money in church? The gospel's free. And, and I like to use this example. Water's free. Nobody owns it. But man, in order to get water to people, they have to build pipes. They have to build factories that purify it. They have to get it to you. Someone has to fix the pipes. Someone has to maintain everything. So the water is free. You're just having to pay to get it there. And so that's why we teach on money. But what I'm talking about right now, everybody in this room, this is free of charge, man. It's free. It's 100% free. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, I'll save them and give them eternal life. So right now, I'm not asking you to join our church. I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you uh, if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Those are all great things, but you can do all that and not know Jesus. Here's what I'm asking you. Can you remember a day when you gave your heart and life to Jesus? I did it when I was 19. I'll never forget that day. I mean, you can't forget that day. I gave my heart to Jesus. If you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I can't remember that day, but I'm ready today to pray and give my heart to Jesus. Would you pray with me right now? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Everyone else in the room, would you help them pray? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe in you. I receive you as Savior and make a decision today to follow you. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.